Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Episode 90, The Complex Relationship of Mother-in-Law and Daughter-in-Law. I've had a number of people ask me to do an episode on mother-in-law and daughters-in-law. And to be honest, I have sort of put it off because it's still a little new to me and I am definitely still learning. I have two daughters-in-law and I'll speak just a little bit about them later. But the first thing I just do want to say is this is a work in progress for all of us. All right. It doesn't happen overnight. In fact, when I got married, I thought that since my husband loved me so much, my mother-in-law would also love me that much. And I expected it at first glance, no less. And I thought that since I loved him so much, she and I would be best friends. But that didn't happen. At the time, I was young, I was 22, and of course had expectations of how things should go. I had my, quote, mother-in-law manual. We've talked about manuals in other episodes. A manual is just uh, a list of actions and expectations that we expect from someone. And so I had my mother-in-law manual of how she should behave and think and how she should treat me. And I think the truth of the matter was she didn't particularly want a daughter-in-law. She was very close to her son, and I was perceived as a threat. This is very common in this relationship. Often our sons marry someone different from us, so that can raise all kinds of insecurities and a sense of competition. So we find ourselves wanting to make sure that our son still loves us, even though he's fallen in love with someone so different from us. So again, full disclosure, my experience and the advice I have to offer on how to be a good mother-in-law comes from a broken relationship with my mother-in-law and how I wanted my relationship to be with my daughters-in-law was a direct result of that non-relationship. And so on some levels, I probably tried too hard in the beginning, but I love my daughters-in-law I love how they challenge my sons to be better, and I really love the mothers they are becoming. All right, first, let's lighten the mood a little bit. Well, actually, this might not lighten the mood if you can identify with this, but I went online and I googled mothers-in-law just to see, you know, what was out there. Like I said, I don't have a relationship with mine, so I was trying to see what is all the fuss about. I was shocked. I was amazed. Things blew my mind about stories about mothers-in-law. I read about a mother-in-law who demanded to be in the delivery room when the baby was born. I read another story about a mother-in-law who secretly took video of the birth without her daughter-in-law knowing it. There was a mother-in-law who gave her daughter-in-law baby gifts 
when she wasn't even pregnant. There was a story about a mother-in-law who made a duplicate engagement ring for herself, a duplicate of the one that her son had given to his new fiancé. There was a story about a mother-in-law telling the grandchildren to call her mommy. And there are all kinds of stories about mothers-in-law who don't respect the boundaries of their grandchildren and their daughter-in-law and son. But here's the big one. You probably heard about this. It was a huge post on Twitter about the mother-in-law who showed up to her son's wedding in a white wedding dress. And I saw the picture And they are nearly identical. White silk satin. It was amazing. Now we're talking about daughters-in-law because generally, as women, we're the ones who kind of have a little conflict in our relationships. Son-in-law, mother-in-law, sometimes there's conflict, but it seems that we're able to work that out a little bit. A lot of what I'm going to talk about today, though, does apply to our relationship with our son-in-law as well. The first thing I want to talk about is navigating your relationship with your daughter-in-law. I think it's really important to cultivate a relationship with your daughter-in-law independent of your son. Get to know her as a person, not just as your son's wife. It's important to treat her as your own daughter, but you'll never be her mom. You'll have a different relationship with her, and it can still be great. I hear from a lot of people about how the grandmother treats her own daughters differently from her daughters-in-law. And that's a pity. We should be kind and loving to all the mothers of our grandchildren. Give your daughter-in-law space to find her own way of doing things. She may ask you for advice, but be careful as she may not want to hear it. It's difficult to hear a different approach to something that you've done all your life. And your daughter-in-law may also feel intimidated by you and what you do and how you do it. Because she's comparing herself now as a new wife and a new mother to you where you've had 25, 30, 35 years of experience. So just understand that when you're giving advice, if she asks for it, You're making it clear to her that this is from years and years of messing up yourself and gaining your own experience. Find ways to compliment her and encourage her and nurture your relationship with her. You won't have a strong, close bond overnight. Just because your son fell in love with her doesn't mean that you're going to fall in love with her that quickly. Relationships deepen with time and opportunity. You know, I've always heard the saying, love is a choice. And when you're in your early 20s or 30s or whenever you're falling in love, you feel like it's not a choice. You feel like it's just something that happens and something you should do. But really, it is a choice. And when our son or our daughter brings home a future spouse, we have to make the choice to love them. It doesn't just happen. Remember that your daughter-in-law was raised in a different environment than the home you raised your own children in. She will have patterns and habits and routines of behavior that may be completely different from yours. 
In most cases, unless we consciously choose to be something different, we grow up to be the kind of wife and mother our own mother was. That's not going to be the wife and mother you have been. Let her be who she is. Let her make her own choices about who she wants to become. If her husband is happy, then you should be happy. If her husband isn't happy, then he should be the one to work it out with her. Let her love him and let him love her on their terms. And when you first meet your future son-in-law or daughter-in-law, don't tell them all your children's faults. And then also don't believe your children have no faults. The next thing I want to talk about is respect her as your son's wife and your grandchildren's mother. Her babies are not your babies. Know your boundaries and keep them. Ask if you can see them or visit. Don't just show up. And when they do come to visit in your home, honor their rules and requests if you're watching their children. Nap time schedule needs to be followed. Eating schedule or selection of foods should be honored. TV or non-TV preferences should be understood. Now, that doesn't mean that if you have rules and regulations in your own home, that the children don't need to follow that. Our grandchildren know very clearly that upstairs, they're to be quiet. They're to speak quietly. Downstairs, they can do whatever they want. Those are my rules in my home. So it's not that you can't have your own rules in your own home, but you do need to honor the mother of your grandchildren and her rules. You are not the fixer in their marriage. It really is none of your business. All right, never get between your son and his wife with your opinion, or take sides in an argument. Be supportive in any way you can, which doesn't mean insert yourself to be supportive. They need to figure out their marriage relationship, and then they need to figure out how their family life will go. Step back and let them have the freedom and the space to do that. Do not insert yourself in your son and his wife's personal choices. You may think that in some particular instance, they're making a big mistake, and maybe they are, but it will be their mistake. And by the way, don't forget, you made a lot of mistakes when you were their age. What to do if your children come to ask for advice? Well, if they come to you with marriage disagreements, help them to see their spouse's point of view. Do not be that parent that when your children, your adult children come to you and ask you basically to approve all that they're thinking, don't be that person. That's not fair to the spouse because you don't know the whole argument. You don't know both sides. So make sure that If you're giving advice, you're helping them to see their spouse's point of view and giving them the tools to go work it out, not to take sides. Again, always be charitable and nurturing rather than quick to point out who's right or wrong. 
Often the best thing we can do is to help them see their spouse's perspective. The most important component to a great relationship between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law is how we think about each other and giving each other the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't cost us anything to choose a charitable thought instead of an easy negative one. As a mother-in-law, you can choose to see the faults and failings, all the negative aspects of your son's wife. And she can choose to see all of your faults and failings. If we're in competition with each other, that's what we'll do. But when we choose to focus on the faults and failings, we choose not to see their gifts and talents. And be aware that your daughter-in-law probably has a mother-in-law manual for you and how you should act, what you should and shouldn't do, and probably a whole set of other expectations. Again, this is so common. We all have manuals for everyone else in our life about their behavior. We often neglect to have a manual for our own, but that's all another topic. If we control our thoughts to choose only the ones that serve us rather than the easy ones of criticism or self-doubt, we will nurture a relationship rather than sabotage it. With my own mother-in-law, instead of choosing thoughts that didn't serve either of us, like, she doesn't like me, she doesn't think I'm a good mother, she isn't interested in a relationship with me. If instead I chose thoughts like, it's not me, this has nothing to do with me, I'm a likable person. Lots of people like me. She doesn't want anyone to take her son away from her. Has nothing to do with me. She's not happy, so there's no way she's going to be happy with me. If I had the maturity at the time, at 22, to think those thoughts, it would have enabled me to be in the relationship without contributing to the ill will of the relationship. And I would have been freed up from the years and years of trying to make her like me. I couldn't make her do anything. And truth be told, I'm not even sure she didn't like me. She was just unhappy with circumstances that had nothing to do with me. I'm not suggesting you're going to have happy thoughts all the time. I'm not even suggesting that relationships are going to be easy peasy with everyone happy. But when we self-coach, when we become aware of our thoughts, it's not about having happy thoughts all the time, like rainbows and unicorns. Self-coaching is about revealing what our thoughts are and how they influence our feelings and actions. We cannot control anyone else's actions. We can't control their thoughts. We can only control ours and how we respond to circumstances and events in our life. The critical advice that I can give on the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship is don't assume that because you think it, it is true. Mothers, let your son go. Don't put him in the middle of the who-do-you-love-me-more competition. Daughters-in-law, know that she loves your husband, her son, with a full heart and be patient with her as your son becomes more and more detached from her. You'll understand how hard it is to have a son detached from his mother 
when your own son does it to you. And yet, it must be so. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, we read, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Mothers, it's hard. When you have loved and sacrificed and done everything you can for your children, it's hard to let them go, and yet you must. The best way to let them go is to pray for their spouse, whether it's your daughter-in-law or your son-in-law. Pray that they grow in faith and bring Christ to the center of their lives and their marriage. And if you have children who aren't married yet, pray for their future spouse, that they will be healthy in body, mind, and spirit, that they will be generous and humble, and that they will love your children with their whole being. And in the end, the greatest of these is love. Take care. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd subscribe, leave a review, and share with friends. Thank you. Have a great week.